Hi, friends. Welcome to the weekly pickoff. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We are headed into week 13, but before we get to those games, I just have to say I had a great Thanksgiving because, I mean, I'm getting my trophy in the mail this week. Yeah, yes, you are. Um, Yes, you are. I'm hoping that's going to be overnighted. So that I whoa, have it tomorrow. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> At that point, I might as well just drop it off on your doorstep. I'm not paying 50 bucks to ship it in the same city. Okay. I mean, sure. if you wanna if you wanna pay for the label, you pay for the label. My gosh. I didn't know this <laughs> podcast was this expensive. Listen, I'm just saying last week you wouldn't send it to me, and you said if I won this week that you'd yeah, think about it. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. so. It's 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 on, I am I am heading out of town for the weekend, so we do need to get it to you before that. So uh, I'll probably have to make it happen tomorrow. Okay. All right. That sounds for, good. For real. Um, I, I will actually drop that off for real. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. Um, so I just want to say I had the most delight this week on Thanksgiving Day watching the Washington football team just totally obliterate the Dallas Cowboys. And not just because I'm an Eagles fan and I cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys, but also because they are still on track to go 4-12 and for the season, as I predicted before we even had players opting out. So I'm ready for it. You also predicted that the Eagles would go 12-4, and so you better just pump um, the brakes. Um, can I say, can I say again, it was before players opted out. It was before Brandon Brooks got hurt and was out for the season. Oh, it was before Dak Prescott was out for the season. I mean, okay. it just applies to both sides of the argument. That's all. That's all. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. I digress, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Hey, the Saints are also still on track to potentially go to the Super Bowl they with are. only two losses. And they, they don't even have their starting quarterback in Drew Brees right now. So Yeah. My well, only they, complaint They got a My free only win. complaint. Well, yes. But my only complaint about Taysom Hill is that before Brees got hurt, Jared Cook, their tight end, was catching like at least one, sometimes two touchdown passes a game. Now he's not even receiving a pass. He's giving well, me a, big fat goose eggs in fantasy. Well, it's the same thing for any Alvin Kamara manager is they went from a running back who was getting six, seven, eight catches a game to he, I think he was shut out last week. Uh, I'm, I'm talking uh, what, like, 10 days ago at this point. And then mm-hmm. this weekend, I think he only had one catch. So if you're uh, an owner of Alvin Kamara, you do not like Taysom Hill at all. And you cannot wait for Drew Brees to come back. If you're even going to make the playoffs, uh, because I mean, you're hurting right now. You're, you're mm-hmm. 22 point a game score is giving you six points a game right now. Right. That's the thing when you have a quarterback change in the middle of a season, whether it's because of an injury or otherwise, you know, you just kind of never know what you're going to get because if a coach is smart, they are going to adapt to how their quarterback plays and Taysom Hill is not going to play the same way as Drew Brees plays. So it's not like it's his fault. It's just they have to change their scheme. 
what did you say uh, a coach would do for their quarterback if they were smart? Is that some foreshadowing I'm... for this uh, future conversation we're going to have <laughs> later on the pod today? A good coach would would change up their plan to how did I say it? I said it more eloquently. No, uh, you know, you're 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 uh, you're 100 right. A, a a coach looks at their quarterback and goes, "Hmm, how can I help this quarterback succeed?" and builds an offense around that player. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so obvious, and that's why Sean Payton is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I I'm oh gosh, I'm so angry. I'm so right. angry. We, I don't you don't if if you know us at all, you know what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have been an absolute dumpster fire to watch. I want my three hours refunded to me. I will never get those three hours back. Um, mm-hmm. We have been in discussion since the beginning of this podcast, and we've been putting it off for several weeks, but I think we're going to finally get into the nitty gritty of it. And what is wrong with the Eagles? And what do you, we'll start with you, Monica, if that's okay. Oh boy. Um, okay. What do you want to see changed what has to change what's the most important thing that needs changed yeah um my answer to you has changed over time because you and i have been having this conversation for two years now uh after the eagles won the super bowl they went two nine and seven seasons made it to the wild card uh two years ago made it past the wild card on the double doink from Cody Parkey and then lost to the saints in round one. Um, this year, obviously it has gone even more downhill. Now all three of these years, they have battled insane injuries, which I still can't fathom because they've even turned over their medical staff. Um, they, you know, have gone through 10 different offensive lines, uh, or 10 different, uh, combinations in their offensive line. Right. Uh, at this point, what I have come down to is two things. The head coach and the general manager have to go. Have to go. Um, they have to go. Man. Mm-hmm. And here's here's what I'll tell you is that's that's not an unrealistic thing to say when a team is struggling this much because let me remind you, October 12th, Falcons fire both their GM and their head coach. November 12th, the Texans fired their GM and head coach, Bill O'Brien. So same person, but both positions. And then just a couple of days ago, the Lions fired Matt Patricia, their head coach, and also their general manager. So teams are doing this. It's not unforeseen. I just... I have not seen Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Eagles, put together uh, a team that is going to help Carson Wentz to succeed. I am not happy with the way that Carson Wentz is playing, but I don't know that it's a Carson Wentz problem. Do I think at this point you just bench the guy and try to keep him healthy for a little while until you can build a team around him? Yeah, but that's a whole other conversation that we can have if you want. But what I think is that if your offensive line can't even protect the quarterback, then you have, one, a problem there. But then, two, 
you have a quarterback coaching problem. The year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they had John DeFilippo as their quarterback's coach and Frank Reich as the offensive uh, coordinator. I believe that year Frank Reich was the play caller. And uh, Carson Wentz and Nick Foles have both said publicly how much they love John DeFilippo. Now, the year after they won the Super Bowl, both of those coaches were hired by other teams. And after they won the Super Bowl, they have never been the same on offense and the quarterbacks have never played the same. Even when Nick Foles started the year after they won the Super Bowl, when Carson Wentz was still recovering, he did not play the same. And you have to believe that that is coaching. So I don't know if it's head coach. Well, yes, I mean, ultimately it falls on the head coach. Their quarterbacks coach, Press Taylor, I have not seen anything out of him as far as quarterback production goes. And then they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round this year, and they said that they're a quarterback factory, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. So I say get rid of Doug Peterson because clearly his play calling is abysmal. And we've seen that for three seasons now. And then on top of that, Howie Roseman has done absolutely nothing with the draft and with free agency over these past couple of years. What was the stat that we saw last night since 2013? Carson Wentz is the only player who's gone to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, the only player that we have drafted that went to yes, the Pro Bowl. We've drafted. Yep, yep, yes, yep. Exactly. Yep. So what what are we doing? Like, what are we doing to build a team that's going to win? I, I just we're just wasting draft picks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And today they, and we, and let's give this disclaimer too. We record on Tuesdays. So as of right now, we don't even know if the Steelers Ravens game is going to get played this week. (laughs) So uh, let's just throw that out there right now. Um, But um, so today, Tuesday, uh, the Eagles released safety, Will Parks, who they picked up off of free agency, just this, Uh, past spring who was supposed to be very promising honestly didn't play horribly but there's a free agent that they picked up and then just let go yeah it's just it's it's miserable the from top to bottom it's miserable um when you look at howie roseman's draft picks that's where i want to start um so let me just say i came into this over the last several weeks not being kind of on the same side as you. I definitely like Howie Roseman more so than you do. And I think that uh, I've had more grace for him. Uh, Not that that's good or bad. It's just where I've been. Um, And it's really hard for me to fathom two years, three years after you win the Super Bowl, canning the GM that built the team that took you to the Super Bowl and the coach that called the plays that created the offense and the defense that took you to the Super Bowl. That's really mm-hmm. hard for me to think about. However, let's look at the body of work. Uh, mm-hmm. Howie Roseman has drafted miserably in the last. So he's been the guy drafting in the last five seasons. Uh, the three mm-hmm. seasons prior to that uh, pretty much was on um, Chip Kelly. He pretty much had roster control at that point. Um, but outside of the very first player that the Eagles have drafted in each draft, uh, our drafts have been miserable. So you go to 2016, we drafted Carson Wentz. You know, it, it now, obviously, it's not looking so great now, but to draft Carson Wentz and the production that he has given you in his career so far, that's a hit. That's a good pick. Uh, 2017, Derek Barnett with your first pick. 
seems pretty good. Hasn't made a Pro Bowl, but he's he helped win the Super Bowl. He had the strip sack. Uh, okay, 2018, Dallas Goddard was your first pick. He was in the second round. The last two drafts, other than Miles Sanders, you have not hit on a single player. Uh, mm-hmm. Andre Dillard was your number one pick. Miserable. Miserable. Mm-hmm. And he's been hurt. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, miserable. It has been worthless. And I'm looking at, we drafted 10 players in 2020, and not one of them has any production this year. I'll just start naming them. Jalen Rager has done nothing. Jalen Hurts has done nothing. Davion Taylor has done nothing. Kayvon Wallace, I think, has played some games but really hasn't produced much. Jack Driscoll is one of the 18,000 offensive linemen we keep having to cycle in. John Hightower, not a top five receiver on our team. Quez Watkins, not a top five receiver on our team. Hardly active on our team. Yeah, these guys are like not even active. Sean Bradley, our linebacking court, is the worst linebacking court in the league. Uh, We... It's okay. Every team misses on picks and you can even go to the Patriots. They are bad at drafting wide receivers. I don't know why it is. They suck at drafting receivers. Bill Belichick has even said it on on his own accord. Like, I don't know why, but I'm not hitting on the receivers I'm drafting. It's fine to have deficiencies. It's not okay to miss on, you know, 14 out of 15 picks in the last two seasons. You, mm-hmm. That'll set you back three or four years. You're looking for two to three starters every single draft. Yep. And when you get one in the last two drafts, and I would argue two in the last three drafts, when you go back to 2018, Dallas Goddard's the only guy that I really like in there. Uh, it's just, it's so hard. And then you wonder why the Eagles, and I believe this was last year, they had the second oldest roster in the league. Mm-hmm. They didn't really get much younger this year, so I'm sure it's up there. I haven't looked that up, but they have to have one of the oldest rosters in the league. Like You are not setting yourself up for success. And so my biggest thing with Howie Roseman is a lot of this roster is the 2017 Super Bowl roster, the offensive line especially. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that team, that team was at like the perfect age. Everyone that was a star was somewhere between 27 and 31. They were in the prime of their careers. And I feel like Howie looked at the team and said, yeah, we can run it back one more time, two more times, now three more times. And he was wrong the first year in 2018. He was really wrong last year. And he's extremely wrong this year. And I don't think you get to make that decision three times in a row be wrong three times in a row and keep your job. Yeah. I need to insert a comment here though, because I think this is something that a lot of Eagles fans are, are talking about or were talking about earlier in the season and that, well, okay. I actually have two comments. Let me back that up for a second. Okay. First comment, uh, 2019 draft when the Eagles drafted JJ Arthago Whiteside, who by the way, his only NFL touchdown was on a fumble where he uh, fell on the ball in the end zone. Uh, okay? Don't All tell right. me that. Oh All right. my God. So let's, You're let's so just, right. yeah, let's just put that one on the table. Uh, um, so anyway, when they drafted him, DK Metcalf was still available and look at the, the two times that they have played the Seahawks oh, he's in the last him. He's year, him. he has destroyed them. Yeah. Okay. 
So we're going to put that out there too. Now, two years ago when they, or sorry, not two years ago, that was two years ago. This year, 2020 draft, um, when they drafted uh, Jalen Rager in the first round, Justin Jefferson was still available. And he is, he was an instant addition instant production for the Vikings, even though, you know, they only have a five and six season, like whatever, but he's still scoring. He's still making catches. He's still making plays. And so now this is two years in a row where they go with a guy who nobody expects them to go with when a guy who has turned out to be a star was available. So there's that comment. Do you have anything to say to that before I keep going on my rant? <laughs> just, just, just briefly. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the revision, revisionist history on DK Metcalf because even the Seahawks themselves had two picks in front of DK Metcalf and they passed on him twice. So it's not sure. like everyone thought, oh, this is a slam dunk, absolute future Hall of Fame. Like, no, even the team that drafted him and believed in him the most passed on him twice. But yes. JJ Arcega Whiteside is a bad pick. Like there's no way around it. Yeah. So that's just, I mean, and it's not, again, it's not just DK Metcalf, but once again, this year, same thing happened, I guess is my point. Um, yes. But then, then this year, 2020 draft, uh, you know, they take Jalen Rager in the first round. Everybody was expecting them to take a, a wide receiver. They needed it. And then second round rolls along and you expect them to take an offensive lineman, maybe a, a defensive back um, to fill some of those other holes that were really glaring at the end of last season. No, they draft Jalen Hurts in the second round and everybody is shocked because they just paid Carson Wentz like a butt ton of money to be their starting quarterback for the next five years guaranteed him a ton, which is going to hit them in their salary cap if they get rid of him or don't play him. And not to mention, they had also already re-signed Nate Sudfeld, who has been on their roster now for four years in free agency. He has not started a game. He played... I believe in two games. Uh, one was against the Cowboys, uh, which was the last game of the season before they went on to their Super Bowl run. And that game really didn't count for anything. So they were resting right. Nick Foles. And then uh, the season after that, there was, I forget what game it was. I think it was against Washington. Um, they they like had a hit on Nick Foles and he had to go out for a couple plays and Nate Sudfeld went in and uh, threw a touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar and then Nick Foles went back in the game. Anyway, all that to say, this is a guy that they've been developing on their roster for four years. So they re-sign him and the hope is that he's going to be the backup quarterback. And then all of a sudden they draft this guy who had he, you know, not had the circumstances that he had in college probably would have been, more in talks for a team who needed a starting quarterback. To some people, they were like, yeah, absolutely, we need insurance. I know that you were more on that side. To me, it made absolutely no sense. So now I'm reading articles. Now, whether they're true or not, who knows? But I'm reading articles that say 
Jim Schwartz wanted Jeremy Chin in the second round. The plan was to take Jeremy Chin in the second round because he was available and Howie did not take him. So what I want to know is, as a general manager, is he listening to his coaches or is he just doing whatever the heck he wants to do? Because I'm also reading reports, again, whether they're true or not, I don't know, that he is the one who decides which players are active and inactive for games each week. He's supposed to let the coaches know midweek, but doesn't let them know until the weekend. So the coaches are trying to come up with a game plan and don't even know who's going to be playing. Now that sounds like horrible, 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 horrible organizational management to me. So I don't know if it's true or if it's just, you know, a rumor or whatever. But all these things that come out that you hear, you're just like, Okay, so how is he not building a team around his franchise quarterback? Like, I have been reading from so many people that this organization has failed Carson Wentz miserably. And it's true. They have. Because I don't really believe deep down in my gut that Carson Wentz can go from an MVP candidate in 2017 to what he is now. Like, you've got to put that on the GM, and you've got to put that on the coaching. Sure. Um, well, you you had a lot there, so let me try to hit a couple points <laughs> in there. Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's fine. I'm very uh, passionate about me, this. Time. And, hey, I, I'm right there with you. So the first thing I would say about Howie is every GM that is uh, – that is given that authority should pick who they think is the best available player. Now it should be some kind of a collaborative effort. Um, Hopefully your defensive coordinator, your head coach, your other scouts come to a close to a unanimous, excuse me, decision. And I just get the feeling that there's no way that Jalen hurts was a unanimous decision. There's no way. Um, I was a fan of taking a quarterback in the second round because um, Wentz is hurt a lot. And I, we have a proven formula that shows, Hey, our team is good enough that if Carson Wentz goes down, a replacement level quarterback could still take you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Having said that, that is not true about this team. There is not enough talent. You've missed on so many draft picks that I don't think that Patrick Mahomes could join this team and take this team to the playoffs right now. Now, I do say that hyperbolically. Like, I I actually do think that he could take us to the playoffs. Um, But it would be a dumpster fire in comparison to what he's doing in Kansas City right now. And Mm -hmm. it's just so frustrating. Let Let me say, if the Howie Roseman stuff about him deciding who's active and inactive and not the coach and not the medical personnel. If those are not the people in charge of that, to me, that's just an instantly fireable offense. Like you can't, you can't backdoor your coach that way. You, it's just right. horrible. That's horrible. Um, I hope it's a false report. I really do. I hope so too. I hope it's a bunch of nonsense, but man, that would just be brutal. Let me just 
go to Doug really quick. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, please we're, do. We're, we're going to run out of time here, but let me let me just try to get a minute or two in here. Um, Doug, I, I have a lot of respect for him. I think his aggressive play calling is what absolutely took them to the Super Bowl. If he doesn't make those aggressive play calls, there's no way they beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. People forget the Patriots put up over 30 points in that Super Bowl. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for you know, Doug Peterson do, uh, agreeing to do the Philly special and going for it on fourth down uh, other times. And, you know, the riskier plays going for two, all of that stuff is great when you have a good offense, the percentages mm-hmm. that he bases it on. He says he does it all by numbers. That's great. I love when coaches and GMs use statistics and data and base their decisions on that. Like we have thousands of games of football. We can analyze them and figure out what works well. Well, in order for you to be successful at anything, your team must be good. Doesn't that sound ridiculously simple? It does because like if you want to have a high percentage of fourth down conversions, you better have a good football team. Don't Mm -hmm. go for it on fourth down when you're three, seven and one. Like you need to punt. Fourth and inches, you're going for it no matter what your record is. But fourth and four, punt the ball. Like, you're not good enough. And sadly, our freaking kicker is not good enough to make an extra point. So, I kill me. Anyway, so here was the here's the part that kills me the most. Is Doug is really good with a good team. I think he's really good with a good team. He is bad with a bad team. And I, like, that sounds simple. But there are things you can do to adjust to to pull more out of your team. Absolutely. And, and he has the the highest yards per rush. The Eagles have the highest yards per rush in the entire NFL at five yards a carry. Yep. We are fourth to last in attempted rushes. Yep. Why? It doesn't make any sense. And yet we throw the ball a thousand times a game. As soon as I saw the first three plays of Monday night football, pass, pass, pass. I was like, we lost. We already lost. And the defense played their behinds off. They did great. They did. When you hold the Seahawks to 20 points, you've done your job. Sure. You've done your job. You're supposed to score 21 points. Get out of there. Go home happy. That's what you're supposed to do, but no, but no, but no. And the fact that he still can't adjust, the fact that you are leading the league in yards per carry and refuse to run the ball is a fireable offense to me. Like you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be the numbers guy. Well, all you have to do is go to profootballreference.com and click the little button that says Y slash A, which is yards per attempt under rushing. And you'll see, oh, look, the Eagles are at the top. Yep. Come on, it's not hard. And like, not to mention, the Seattle Seahawks have the worst rush defense in the entire NFL. Exactly. And like, like I'm a high school dropout, and I can click a button that I found on Google. Like, I know Doug Peterson can do that too. Why does he refuse to run the ball? I do not understand it. I don't understand. We lead the league in being sacked. It makes yep. a million percent 
sense to protect your quarterback. You want to protect your quarterback and have him stop turning the ball over. Run the freaking ball. Like, it's so elementary. It's yep. so elementary. I'm I'm getting very angry. All right. Well, <sighs> before we get too far into all of this, let's go ahead and just say, oh. fellow Philadelphia Eagle fans, we are with you. And better luck next year. All right. So this week, uh, we have what we believe to be 15 games that are going to be played. We will see if that holds true. We have well, no Thursday night kind, football this week. Kind of 16 games if you if you want to <laughs> lump the Ravens and Steelers in there. But no. Sure, I, so, I got so this week we have uh, or had once this podcast releases, maybe we had Wednesday afternoon football. Uh Gosh, who, who even knows? What a joke. Uh, I, 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 guess I could go we'll another just, 20 minutes on this, but we don't have time. So we, we do not have time. But uh, next week, I guess we'll be able to speak into that to whether or not uh, it happened. And if it uh, did, what happened? Uh, so we're just going to jump right into Sunday. We have the yep. Browns and the Titans. Both teams are eight and three going head to head. So Titans are coming off of a win. Browns are coming off of another win. Both of these teams are, yeah. Both of these teams have amazing running backs, so this is going to be probably a pretty fun game to watch. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Titans. I've been all aboard them for pretty much the duration of this podcast, and honestly, the last two years. Um, the Browns are going to end up with a winning record. I'm I'm surprised. Uh, there's virtually no way they don't end at least nine and seven. Right. Uh, you know, I, they're going to find a wild card spot, which is amazing. And they are dominating the offensive line. They're, they're running the ball. Well, uh, I just think that, um, it's two very similarly, uh, matched teams. And I like Ryan Tannehill way better than Baker Mayfield. And so that's what it comes down mm -hmm. to for me. Yeah, I would 100% agree with you on that one. And that was what decided it for me too. Uh, I really do. Um, think that Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback in this matchup. Um, but let's just say uh, good for the Brownies. Uh, but I'm going to take the <laughs> Titans. <laughs> uh, so then we have the Raiders going to New York to face the Jets. Uh, Raiders had a really rough week. Derek Carr had the worst game of his career. But you know what? We all have bad days. And I think the Raiders are going to bounce back. And they're going to have an easy win over this Jets team that is 0-11. Yeah, no question. Uh, how Adam Gates? I thought you were going to yawn is... there for a second. <laughs> no, I, I almost want to. Uh, how Adam Gates still has his job is is amazing to me. Um, at least, at least the weatherman like is right half the time. You know, Adam Gates is right none of the time, <laughs> and so I, I, it must be amazing to get paid millions of dollars to be horrible at your job. But um, and look. I'm sure Adam Gase is one of the hundred best coaches in the country, but he's in a league of 32 teams and he's dead last. Um, mm -hmm. It's time for him to go be a coordinator. He should have been canned probably seven or eight weeks ago. Give me the Raiders. Okay. All right. Then we have the Jaguars who are almost as abysmal as the jets going to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Any other thoughts on this one? 
Well, I mean, the Jaguars are trying. They have talent. They just, I don't know, their coaching isn't a disaster. It's just their quarterback situation is a mess, and their defense is just very okay. It's just very, very, very okay. I don't have any superstar players on offense, and and so give me the Vikings, and uh, I'm glad to see that that Dalvin Cook injury wasn't nearly as bad as, as it looked. Oh, man, I am very happy about that because he is my he and DK Metcalf are my uh, best fantasy players in our league. And I was pretty upset when I saw that he was injured, but glad that he's coming back. So I'm also going to go Vikings on that one. Next game, we have the Bengals going to Miami to face the Dolphins, who uh, started Ryan Fitzpatrick this past week and came out with a win. Smart. And, you know, here's the thing. I know that last week you had some thoughts about that, uh, the, you know, not going with a consistent quarterback, things like that. They did have Tua injured. So that I think is part of it. Um, I mean, both of them are fine. Obviously, Fitzpatrick is a, a veteran and you go with your veteran and if he's not on the decline, you stick with him. Um, but no matter who they go with this week, I don't know if that's in question, but no matter who they go with this week, give me the Dolphins. Uh, I I don't hedge because I don't believe in that. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins because I believe they're going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I don't get to do this, um, so I'm taking the Dolphins and whatever happens, happens. But if I could somehow switch my pick if Tua starts, I would take the Bengals. Um, not because I think Tua is horrible, but because I think what they're doing to the team going back and forth is horrible. Mm, uh, I just think okay. it's horrible for chemistry. So, uh, yeah, give me the Dolphins. They're a better team. Uh, they should start Ryan Fitzpatrick because he helps the team win. He's not had multiple games of stinking it up. Uh, and Tua has not shown that he's some star player that you can't bench. Um, he should have been sitting on the bench all 11 of the games they've played. That's just my opinion, not because he's bad, but just because he's not ready. Uh, give me Dolphins. Their defense is amazing. Their defense is the third best defense in the league. A couple weeks ago, they, they were number one. Turnovers. They do. They really do. So, yeah, even that alone. Defenses can win games. Apparently not the Eagles defense, but defenses can win turnovers this, this year. 19 of them. My Crazy. gosh. Crazy. All right. Then we have the Colts who fell to seven and four this week, going to the Texans who have themselves four wins on the season. I really wanted to see the Colts win that game. That was one that you definitely picked correctly over me this week. Um, but I think that the, Colts are going to have a comeback this week. I want to see them have a good game against the Texans in Houston. So I'm going to take the Colts. Yeah, we're off to a boring start. Five for five where we're agreeing. Uh, I think the Texans losing Will Fuller uh, to that suspension is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's not going to play the rest of the year, and he's actually going to miss the first game of next season. Uh, Just briefly, he's in a contract year, so... Uh, whether he returns to the Texans or goes elsewhere, he probably will miss uh, the first game of the regular season next year. But uh, he's their deep threat, and they don't really have a consistent guy. And and Will Fuller, if if you're a fantasy 
uh, player. He was a wide receiver number four on the entire year. He was playing great for them. He had some explosive games. Uh, what was it? Uh, Thanksgiving Day, I think he had in fantasy football in, in our league. I think it was 35 fantasy points, which is insane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're going to really miss him. I think the Colts defense is is going to come up big here. And, uh, man, I'd like to see Jonathan Taylor, if he's going to be healthy and play. Yeah, I'd love to see them uh, get him going here. Uh, I think the Texans defense can be had on the ground. And, uh, man, they spent a lot of draft capital on him. So it'd be nice to see uh, John Taylor get going. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, this next one was a little bit tough for me. We have the Lions going to Chicago to face the Bears. As we said earlier, the Lions fired their head coach and their GM this week. Uh, and the Bears had a pretty miserable loss against Green Bay. They did score like 25 points, which against Green Bay is like kind of impressive. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what to think. Uh, even you texted me and said the Bears are pretenders. And I don't disagree with you, but the Lions don't have a head coach. So it's like really hard to know. It's hard to know what's going to happen as far as coaching goes. And so that makes it really hard for me to pick the Lions. So even though the Bears are pretenders, I think I'm going to pick the Bears. I have the Bears highlighted on my paper. And it was such a 50 50 one for me. Then I'm just going to take the Lions. Uh, I'm not super confident about it, but uh, man, the Bears offense almost looks as bad as the Eagles offense. Um, And, you know, Matt Nagy might be. How can I say this and not be insulting as a person? Uh, He looks like a really bad coach. Let's just say it that way. Uh, He. Do you remember watching the double doink and then they pan the camera to his face? Mm-hmm. I do. I that, sure do. That mouth agape face to me is how he coaches. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. What do I do next? Oh, my gosh. Like, there's no anticipation in his game plan. It's just here's what we're going to do. We're going to do it. It's not going to work. We're going to make Mitchell Trubisky throw 50 yards down the field into double coverage. That's the game plan. He even said after the game, he said, uh, you know, I don't blame the interception on him. That was what the play was designed to do. Well, you know what? When there's two players guarding your one player, you can choose to not throw that ball. Yet you have basically told him throw the ball anyway. At least that's what you just said. So uh, he just. He's he's not Adam Gase, but man, he's he's getting in that territory for me. So uh, give me the coachless lions. Uh, Give me the coachless lions. Okay. next up, we have the nine and two Saints going to Atlanta to face the Falcons, who had a crazy weird win. (laughs) Yeah. In week 12. Yeah. Without Julio and without Todd Gurley, which was a huge shocker. Uh, I don't they, think they're going to do that again, though. No, they broke my rule. My my uh, the Falcons never pick them if Julio sits. And then Matt Ryan went nuclear. So I know uh, I'm going to take the Saints. I still think the Falcons have an abysmal defense. Uh, 
especially their pass defense. I mean, people can just throw wherever they want to on them. Yeah. Uh, give me the Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill. I'm going to say he has two passing touchdowns this week, which I don't well, know if he has a passing touchdown. <laughs> maybe, maybe if you get lucky. <laughs> Gosh. Gosh. Anyway. One catch two for passing two yards. Touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'm also going to go Saints on that one. Then we have the Giants going to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Daniel Jones is questionable to play. And, well, there's not a whole lot else that I can say about their team. But the Seahawks, even though their defense has been kind of cold, I'm still going to go with the Seahawks on this one. Yeah, it's it's hard to pick against Russell Wilson right now. Even though they really didn't do much against the Eagles defense, uh, DK Metcalf did whatever he wanted. Uh, Chris Carson looked good last night. Uh, he didn't have a strong total of uh, strong yardage total last night, but he 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 looked healthy, and that's good for them. He he really is kind of the the calming force for their offense. So yeah, give me Seahawks and. Uh, they're going to be scary in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Okay, this next one I think was the hardest one for me, and I will tell you why. The Rams, who are seven and four, are going to Arizona to face the Cardinals, who are six and five. Uh, we both expected the Cardinals to beat the Patriots, and that did not happen this week. So that was also a little bit of a shocker. But um, here's what made this so hard for me: the Cardinals have the second most yards on offense the rams have given up the third least amount of yards on defense the cardinals have scored the seventh most points in the nfl the rams have the fourth least points scored against them neither the rams offense nor the cardinals defense are in the top 10 so it's so, a very evenly matched opposite game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Man. So it made it really, really hard for me to make a pick on this one. I would love to hear your thoughts before I share what I landed on. Uh, Jared Goff did his Carson Wentz impression and uh, just turned the ball over left, right, and center. And his coach yeah. came out and said, yeah, we can't have our quarterback. Couldn't even say his name. He was so upset at him. Can't have our quarterback turning the ball over like that. Um, I do like Jared Goff overall. I think he's a quality quarterback. I don't think he's special, but I think he's top 12 or so. Um, and I, I think they need a win after embarrassingly losing to the 49ers, who are still missing almost half their team. Uh, and, and I pick the Cardinals almost every week and I, I don't pick the Rams enough. I don't give Aaron Donald the respect he needs. So give me the Rams. Okay. Well then that'll make this interesting because I landed on the Cardinals because I actually took a play from your book and decided to go with the better quarterback in Kyler Murray. So (laughs) we'll see which one of us is right. But here's the thing. If the Rams win this game, I won't be surprised. Um, same thing with the bears lions game, which is the other one that we've disagreed on now. Uh, it could go either way and I won't be surprised, but we'll see what happens. 
All right. Then we have the Patriots going to Los Angeles to face the Chargers. And the Chargers haven't really gotten any better since we last mentioned them. No. The uh, the Patriots, all they do is run the ball on offense, and the Chargers allow the thirst, third most yards per attempt in the league. Uh, Cam Newton is going to get whatever he wants in this game. Uh, yep. Sony Michelle could be a part of it. Uh, I don't know if Damian Harris is expected to play. I think he's out. Um, maybe I'm, I could, I better check that, but, uh, yeah, they're going to get whatever they want on the ground in this game. Uh, and then Bill Belichick doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks. He's 19 and five in his career against rookie quarterbacks. And, uh, I think Justin Herbert is special, but I mean, he does this to special quarterbacks too. It's, it's Bill Belichick. So, yep. Yeah. All right, so we're both going Patriots on that one. This next one, we're not going to spend too much time on because we'll get too heated. The Eagles are going to Green Bay to face the Packers, and there is no way either of us are picking the Eagles, I don't think, for the rest of the season. So are we both going Packers on this one? No, actually, I have the eat. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, (laughs) Definitely going Packers, no question. Uh, I'll just say something nice about the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks good, and uh, uh, Alan Lazard. I was like, Matt Lazard? Who is Matt Lazard? I don't know. Anyway, Alan Lazard looked really good. Did we go to college Uh, with somebody named Matt Lazard? Oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to have to do some Facebook creeping and see if I can figure it out. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, Alan. Yeah, I don't know. It's really random. Uh, (laughs) So Alan Lazard looked really good uh, in his first game back. Uh, They missed him so bad. Uh, He's a good player. So, um, you know, the Packers will probably score 24 points because the Eagles defense is for real. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they'll probably allow three points to the Eagles offense uh, because the Eagles offense is not for real. That's all. I mean, unless the Eagles defense is too tired from last night, but, you know, we'll see. I wouldn't blame Uh, them. (laughs) I won't add anything to that. Then we have the four and seven Broncos who really tried with their practice squad wide receiver <laughs> acting as a quarterback this week um, oh, no. are going to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. They oh, really tried. So that was so mean. <laughs> he tried. Well, they tried. You know? Oh, my God. Well, given that. They didn't forfeit wow. the game. They, they tried. They I guess that guy. option was on the table. They were allowed if they wanted to. Kendall Hinton was working retail. That's not a joke. Like I make the no, joke that, like, about Travis Fulgham being a Buffalo Wild Wings right. bartender. And no, like this guy was actually working retail. Yep. He was. Wow. It was reported on NFL. <laughs> Good yeah. gravy. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully they have one of their quarterbacks, one of their actual quarterbacks. Did you hear that they're individually like they have the three of them in individual bubbles so that it's impossible for now? Like if one gets sick or is is a close contact or whatever, they the other two can't be in that same situation. Oh, (laughs) 2020 is some trash. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) well, um... to be honest, not that not that. Uh, Hinton was really that much worse than Drew Locke. I mean, Drew Locke's been pretty, yeah. pretty awful this year. So, yeah, the Broncos need a quarterback. After Real this bad. season, they they need a quarterback. 
They Real really bad. do. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so all that to say about the Broncos, <laughs> I mean, even if they get Drew Locke or, uh, well, Drew Locke is still injured. It's, um, it's uh, Rippon and Driscoll who they're relying on now. So either, sorry, even if they get uh, one of them back, I still don't think they're going to beat the The fact Chiefs. that you have the their backup quarterbacks memorized, you are the backup quarterback queen. I just, I can't memorize stuff like that. Like I used to be really good at stuff like that, but man, like the most obscure, irrelevant quarterback. <laughs> Well, they both played this year. That's true. They have. They okay, have. so I'll give uh, you that. But I, I was going well. I was going to say I would love for because Nate Sudfeld will become a free agent again after this season, and I would love for him to oh, be man. signed by a team like the Broncos. Um, oh, I think he could do some really good things for a team like them. Anyway, Instead of, uh, um, be on our uh, inactive list. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Chiefs by 100, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. Okay. Then we have Washington going to the Steelers, whose record is blank on my paper because we don't know if they're going to be 10 and 0 or 11 and 0 or 10 and 1. We don't know. Either the way, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win against the Washington football team. Yep. And so look, let's. Yeah, they they're not going to lose to Washington and they're not going to lose to the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, this is the most slept on team that has a real chance to go undefeated. I've ever seen they, they've got a real shot at this. And they've got that extra motivation. And whether this is misplaced or not, I think it's misplaced. But whatever. Everyone needs to fuel themselves somehow. Uh, they think that the NFL is jobbing them and that they're, you know, getting screwed over by the schedule makers and all this stuff because, you know, they're not able to get their bye weeks. And, like, no, it's just 2020 and it's COVID. But whatever. Like, they, they're using that and they're going to have the chip on their shoulder and, they're going to do it. I really think they're going to go 16 and 0. Wow. That's bold. It is. I mean, they don't Here's the thing though. Like they don't have to. Oh no. No, no, no. Anyway. No, they don't have to. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Um all right. So we both got the Steelers on that game. Then um the Bills are going to the 49ers. The Bills still look great. I, I, I'm so happy for the Bills in that division, being at the top They're I think they're going to do hopefully well, at least through the first round of the playoffs. We'll see where it goes from there and what other teams they'll have to face. Um, but I'm excited about them. I've been excited about them all season. Josh Allen looks amazing. They have great depth on their team. So even with some injuries, they still have um, some other guys who are really stepping up and doing a great job. The 49ers did have that upset against the Rams. They are getting some of their players healthy again. Um, we had Raheem Mostert, who was back. Debo Samuel is back. Um, still no Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, no George Kittle. I just, they might be in the hunt, but like, I don't think that they're going to 
win against the Bills. Yeah. I don't know. There's much else to say. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, they win. Yep, for sure. All right. Uh, last game, we have the Cowboys going to their Ravens. Hopefully. We'll see. Maybe. Either way. First of all, I have to complain because okay. I am having Christmas giving with my mother this weekend. Um, that's where we combine Christmas and Thanksgiving and because mm-hmm. they live far away and especially because of COVID this year and especially because I have a newborn. Um, I guess he's not a newborn anymore. He's six months old. Blah, blah, blah. We get together <laughs> for a Sunday and we basically do Thanksgiving dinner and exchange gifts and watch football all day. Uh, it's a really fun time, and my mom is a Cowboys fan, and whether or not I like the Cowboys, clearly I do not, um, I am happy to watch a Cowboys game because the result of them losing would make me happy. Um, that has been taken away from us because they've moved the game to Tuesday night, so uh, we have to come home Monday. So um, Bummer. Yeah, so we have to watch the Eagles get absolutely decimated by the Packers. <sighs> Fun. Thanks, Roger Goodell. Awesome. Well, you'll have the delayed gratification of watching the Cowboys lose. Two days later, you just won't get to do it with your mom. You know, I don't think I'm going to get that gratification. I've got the Cowboys in this game. Whoa, what? I think that the Ravens are falling apart right before our eyes. You saw some stuff come out yesterday about how they were complaining and how they were getting screwed because, you know, their running backs weren't available and it's not fair. And they at one point were threatening to not show up to the game like they were going to basically cancel the game. Um, It feels very whiny to me. And I just I don't love their attitude right now. And I'm not trying to sound like, you know, some old dad disciplinarian but like i just think that i just think that teams that find excuses and reasons why things are poorly uh things that aren't going their way and and they result in losses um you know things don't go well for them the steelers can feel that way because they're undefeated they smash everybody that walks into their stadium the ravens don't do that this year so I think I think they're going to sleep on the Cowboys and the Cowboys are going to they're going to steal a game from them. Wow. All right. I've still got the Ravens. I still think they're a better football team, whether they're complaining or not. (laughs) But I guess we shall see. So those are all the games for week 13. We'll see if they all get played. Yeah, right. Super quick overview. So we disagreed on the Rams. I took the Rams and you took the Cardinals. Correct. Uh, we disagreed on the Cowboys and Ravens. I took the Cowboys, mm-hmm. you took the Ravens. And is that it? The Lions and the Bears. You took the Lions, I took yes. the Bears. Yes. Okay, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. So oh, I, yeah, there it is. Yeah. We have not ended in a tie yet. We've come close several times this well, week. I, I think that because of the number difference, we'll be okay. Yep. Yeah, having an odd number is helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, All right. right. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to getting that trophy. It's it's coming. It's All the right. only trophy Philadelphia fans are getting this year. Ugh. 
well, then I've got to make it count. So you, you better. All right, friend. Well, may the better picks win as always. If you listened the whole way through this podcast and you listened to 20 minutes of Eagles banter, uh, which really was just complaining, you're the real MVP. So shout out to you. But may the better picks win. May the better picks win. Correct. Well, thanks so much to our listeners. We hope you all have a wonderful week. And don't forget to hop on over to our Instagram page at the weekly pickoff on uh, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday to let us know which teams you think are going to win. So with that, have a great week. You too.